WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. coronavirus is here and with it comes a lot of misinformation every day brings new questions what is it what are the symptoms how do i stay safe now we're connecting you to the expert as dr virginia kane director of the marion county public health department answers your questions live on open lines I'm Cameron Riddle. This hour, join me, Ebony Chappelle, and Tina Cosby for a special edition of Open Lines. Coronavirus, everything you need to know, starts right now. Good morning, Indianapolis, and thank you for tuning in to Open Lines. This is Ebony Chappelle. And good morning, Indianapolis. I'm Cameron Riddle in the studio with two special guests, among them, Tina Cosby. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here. We have come together for big team coverage here at Radio 1 to talk about what the world is talking about, and that is the pandemic that is COVID-19, better known as coronavirus. As we said this morning, we do have Dr. Virginia Kane, the public uh, the director of the Marion County Public Health Department. She will be joining us uh, momentarily here to answer your questions, everything you want to know and everything you need to know about what's going on. Absolutely. So we want to make sure that you all stay informed and that you take care of yourself and stay safe um, during this pandemic that we are currently experiencing. Dr. Kane, thank you so much for being here with us. Delighted. Absolutely. So um, to bring us into this conversation, can you give us an update of where we are right now with COVID as it uh, relates to Marion County? So my understanding is I know at least for Marion County, we're now up to three cases of the coronavirus. And I believe uh, for the state, we may be up to 16 cases totally. Wow. Wow. So there is a lot going on. There's a lot that's gone on in the past. It uh, seems like a couple of minutes every day that we do this. Uh, yeah. I know what Thursday was a crazy day. Wednesday was a crazy day. Things literally change by the minute. And as we have this conversation today, this is an opportunity for you all out there to answer, uh, ask your questions directly to the doctor. Dr. Kane is not only uh, just the leader, and I say just, but just the leader of the Marion County Public Health Department. She's also literally an expert in infectious diseases. If there is somebody that you want to ask about coronavirus, it's this woman that we have brought in the studio just to talk to you. And as we do that, that's something to keep in mind as we look at what else is going on in the world. I'm going to share with you the news updates that have happened uh, in the past 24 hours, including the stores that are literally running out of supplies. So there's been an announcement from Walmart that they are going to uh, only be open from uh, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Kroger, I believe, is going to do 7 a.m., to 9 a.m. We just got that. I will double check the Kroger, but uh, stores are reducing their hours because so many folks are out there getting uh, those supplies that they think they need or that they do need. So what exactly do you need? That's some of the things we're going to ask Dr. King. Yeah, indeed. And Dr. King, one of the things uh, as we as we go into this conversation uh, that I would like for people to know, there have been so many different designations from day one. Uh, we had uh, epidemic, okay, uh, coronavirus is spreading an epidemic. 
Then we had the governor of the state of Indiana declare a public health emergency. Okay, we go from a public health emergency. Then uh, we have the declaration from the World Health Organization of a pandemic. Then we have the president declare a national state of emergency. So can you sort, as an infectious disease specialist, can you sort out what each of those designations mean? Is it a graduated uh, sense of urgency or is it just continually redefining or is it both? So part of declaring these uh, emergencies allows you to have resources available to Mm -hmm. you. Okay. So when you when you have a governor declare a state emergency, I think when that happens, um, we only had one case when he declared a state emergency. But. You're not allowed to receive the federal resources, that $8.2 million Mm -hmm. that Congress is going to allocate down into the states. So your ability to to get um, that funding so you can have some resources for prevention in the hospitals, Mm -hmm. you have to declare a state emergency. Otherwise, you can't pull anything down. Okay. Now, the other thing and why the president declared— a national emergency, there is $82 billion worth of federal protective gear, medication, um, mass that's available f- across the country federally. And even though the state declares their state emergency, they can't, they can't touch any of that federal money mm-hmm. until the president of the United States declares a public health emergency. So we've been having hospitals clamoring, saying, hey, I'm running out of, of uh, mass in order to test these folks. We, you know, we need more testing. And so you have long-term care facilities say, hey, we don't have enough equipment. So until that, and but we already have a stockpile. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some hidden somewhere. location. Yeah, somewhere. In the near, in where, we're supposed to be able to get that supply within an hour from the state of Indiana. That stockpile has mm-hmm. got gowns, masks, and a lot of things that we healthcare, healthcare professionals need in order to protect themselves. So, Dr. Kane, I've been listening to different governors and state leaders from across the country the past couple of days. And um, at the beginning, it was all about testing and, and the numbers. That was what was getting everyone uh, kind of riled up. I know in Indiana, we now have... 15 confirmed cases at last uh, at last issue from your department or from the state department, I should okay, say, okay. Um, of, of coronavirus here in the state. But I've heard other governors the past 48 hours start to say, OK, the focus is no longer on so much testing as it is uh, social social isolation and trying to slow the spread of this. Is that the same here in Indiana? Yes. So it's it's uh, they call it middle Mitigation is social distancing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are uh, the fewer the people that you're exposed to, the less likely you're able to contract an infectious disease. And because we have not had the availability of the testing to know who might be infectious or not, we now have to sort of look at, wow, um, I can't determine if this person's infectious. And then I know how to do the epidemiologic mm-hmm. investigation, we call it epi-investigation, to say who has that person been exposed to, and we've got to quarantine them for 14 days mm-hmm. because that's how long that person has appeared to be able to develop 
the coronavirus infection, but also making sure they're no longer contagious to anybody else. Does exposure necessarily mean you're symptomatic? And if you are ex- seeing symptoms, so, what, are, what are they and what should we look for? Tina, that is an excellent point. And what we've now determined is that a person can be contagious even probably at one day to two days before they be- develop symptoms. And so you're not, you're not going to know, wow, you know, I know that person was coughing and sneezing on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to be really worried, but you may be talking to someone who feels really healthy, no problem. And then the next day, wham, but you, you don't realize that and you've been exposed and the infection could have transpired to you. Wow. So now that we've moved away from, from the focus on being testing, um, and I think this is what, well, we want to still do testing. We still want to do testing. That's really critical, but we've got to. Now, we have not had enough testing done at this point. We feel that there may be, and once the, the availability of tests come out um, in, in abundance, mm-hmm. you may all of a sudden see a sharp rise in your cases because okay. it's now picking up those people we, we didn't know about and who they exposed to other people. So you might see abnormally a much greater rise in cases because these were all the ones we didn't detect. And so that that and that's where I was. That's what I wanted to know. So that is why all of a sudden, to put this in perspective for people, that things have started to shut down because we've kind of lost track on the data. Mm-hmm. So now, out of an abundance of caution, we're canceling games, canceling large events. That's we exactly are, right. Uh, because we don't know anymore. You and shut it down. Yeah. To get it to get, it, to get control of it. That's you know, exactly like, right. Close the door until we can get the room straightened up. Because I've heard a lot of people say, "But there's only 15 cases. There's only 27 cases." Right. What I'm trying to say is that's not the point anymore. No. We don't know. No. Yeah, absolutely. So exactly. We, we unfortunately do do not know, and yes. we don't we don't even want to be sixteen cases because if you're an older adult, it can be life threatening, mm-hmm. and so we want no deaths at all. What are the what are the range when you say older adult? Because uh, so, 60, 70, What's the so range? now the CDC says it starts at the age of sixty, where you seem to have an increased risk for a higher mortality, meaning that you're more at risk or a life-threatening illness mm-hmm. that you can die from if you're over the age of 60. And then you have, uh, you even even at a higher risk if you have a chronic medical condition okay. such as diabetes, hypertension, a lung or a kidney disease. So that puts you even at higher risk. Absolutely. And Dr. Kane, a lot of people wanted to let us, wanted to let you know, thank you for the work that you're doing to make sure that Marion County is kept safe. Some of the questions coming in from social media is um, going back to the flatten the curve rationale of people doing social distancing to make sure that they're not infecting others. Should they be currently shedding the virus? Um and we, if someone is not in one of those high-risk categories that you mentioned, um, how do they treat the symptoms that they are currently having at home if they have the cough, if they have this going on, um, but they're not able to get in to see a primary care provider currently? So what we normally do is we, we, you treat it just like as if a person had the flu. Mm-hmm. So you can take something like Tylenol, you know, or ibuprofen for muscle aches if that's what you have. And you've got to drink plenty of of water and get plenty of sleep and rest. And nutritionally, you got to always keep your nutrition up because mm-hmm. it impacts your immune system. So you want that immune system strong. So 
seven or eight hours of sleep. If you sleep deprived, it makes you way more vulnerable and it lowers your mood system. Absolutely. Again, following up with that question, there are a lot of misunderstandings um, floating around um, either in just conversation. I've heard people say things in the stores that are incorrect um, online as well um, about how the virus can be contracted. Again, just to make it clear to people, because there are people that are not shopping at Asian owned grocery stores and different things like that. Because there is this myth um, that is out there about how you can contract the virus from a specific ethnic group. And we just know that's not the case. Oh, definitely. That's that's not the case. But we do know that initially we had five countries that had the largest number of coronavirus cases. And it started out in mainland China. And so because of the exposure and the contagiousness uh, anyone who had recently traveled from uh, China, we had to be concerned about. Now, Italy, South Korea, Iran, and Japan are level one, level two countries. And because, you know, it's exploding like Italy, it's just exploding over there. So you have to be very careful from anyone in those from, traveling from those countries they have to self-quarantine themselves for 14 days, and yeah. then they're no longer considered contagious. Absolutely. Another thing, just um, two things on that, with the self-quarantine, can you be specific with people about what that means, what thank they are not for, supposed to do? Thank you for saying that. So yes. when you self-quarantine for 14 days, that means you do not go out into the public. You need to have somebody do your grocery shopping. That doesn't mean you're grocery shopping inside a store, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, um, you could probably, if you had a, a, a Pacific mask, could get in your car and maybe get some gas without talking to anybody, exposing anyone. Mm-hmm. But that's a dangerous thing because... We don't have enough masks for you to wear of to the go right out type the of mask. And the mask we, we have to keep. We have to keep the mask for the healthcare professionals. For sure. As far as supplies, because you mentioned the grocery store. Yes. For people that have to go out today or they may end up being self-quarantined, what are the type of things that you need to always have in your home and maybe on your person or in your car oh. to help with the precautionary well, steps? Well, you know what? I, I went to the grocery store last night. Um, and I didn't see no, 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 no products like uh, wipes, disposable wipes. Like there's mm-hmm. no Clorox wow. or um, Lysol disposable wipes. And I went to a Kroger store mm-hmm. last night just on my way home because it was nearby. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need products that can clean any areas in your home that you frequently touch. So even your doorknob as you come into your house or your apartment, um, refrigerator handle, toilet handle that you flush, your kitchen sink, are you wiping that down, Mm -hmm. and the table where you eat, and even the drawers, if you're pulling out the drawers, you need to wipe that down at least a minimum of once a week where you do a really mm. good deep. I was thinking once a day. Mm. You know, well, if you can do day, it once a day, day, that's, yeah, yeah. A day, that's yeah. the best. Wow. Yeah. But a really deep a cleaning really deep of clean. everything, at least a minimum of once a, a, once a, a week. And then you need to wash your hands just frequently. Mm. And if you can't, it's hard not to touch your face, your nose, or your mouth. 
if you can do it, uh, you got to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. The studio in here smells like Lysol. Thank you to Ebony for. Uh, <laughs> she always scrubs it down, but today yeah. she really did she another really scrub did, down. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you can actually let me just tell you about this. You can buy if you can buy bleach in the in the uh, in the bottle, mm-hmm. and and CDC has instructions about how you can dilute that bleach, okay. add it to water, mm-hmm. make your own. Yeah, y'all spray. disinfectant. For disinfectant. sure. And spray bottle, $2.99 or $1.99 at dollar store. Yeah. Just pour it in there and you can use it to clean mm-hmm. different areas. But please cover your mouth when you're coughing or sneezing. Mm-hmm. And don't do it with your hands because you've contaminated your hands. Mm-hmm. You want to cough into your sleeves. All right, get some tissue paper and cover your mouth. And then be careful how you dispose of that tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 239-9696. 239-9696. We're going to open the phone lines up for you to answer, to ask your questions directly to the Dr. Ebony. I know you got some uh, uh, questions already coming in on social media Absolutely. if you want to share those here yeah. in just a second. But to one of the first questions that I got, uh, Dr. Kane, uh, was what you just mentioned. Uh, we got an email from someone who said, why are you guys telling people to cough into your elbow? And then telling people to do the elbow bump. My so, answer so, is you can't touch your face with your elbow. Is that wrong? Right that's exactly right. <laughs> so when you're doing it in the sleeves, it's in the inner part inner, of your yeah, arm. Yeah, the and the part. elbow's in the back of it. And you you cannot, that mouth can't reach that back No matter how flexible yeah. you are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a simple answer, but there are so many questions out there oh, for yeah. a lot of people, yes. you know. No, he's that's a good question. Ebony, Absolutely. you have one from social media. The phone lines are starting to ring. Go ahead. Absolutely. So people are wanting to know, um, again, in terms of the prevention um, methods, what advice do you have for those that are unable to work from home? Because um, everybody's talking about social distancing. Some offices have not shut down yet for people to work from home. So they still expect you to come in. Um, a lot of people are wondering if they can do that or keep up their other normal routines, like going to the gym, um, using public transportation, eating out. What advice do you have about protecting yourself if those are the type of environments you're in? So if you have to work, um, I just think you got to be observant of your coworkers and people that you may be exposed to Mm -hmm. and look to see if someone is coughing or sneezing. And you need to remove yourself six feet from that individual. Six feet. Now, if it's a coworker that's coughing or sneezing, uh, you might need to, uh, uh, if you don't have the ability to isolate yourself six feet from that person, who's a co-worker that's coughing or sneezing, then you may have to consider uh, telling that person, hey, I'm uncomfortable with you coughing and sneezing around me. So uh, I yeah. think we, uh, we've we got some uh, phone calls that, that are coming in now, and the phones are ringing back here. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump to this caller on line three. Caller, good morning. You're live on the Open Line Show with Dr. Virginia Kane. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. Thank you for your guest, uh, Dr. Virginia Kane. My question is, I read, on uh, does all bleach sanitize and disinfect? Because I read of one or two of the bleaches at a particular grocery and it said does not disinfect or sanitize. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? And I also wanted to know where this did the coronavirus come from? Because looking on the back of the bleach and Lysol, different uh, products, it it says uh, kills coronavirus, and it says human coronavirus. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Both 
if you didn't mind. And thank you for taking my question. Okay. So first, let me just say that bleach is, is a wonderful product, and it is excellent against killing the coronavirus. So bleach, Lysol, uh, those are wonderful products. And actually, the CDC has a list on their website under coronavirus, and they list all of the different disinfectant products that kill the coronavirus. But you got to be very careful. Uh, there's this um, myth that's that's running around, um, and I think it's, uh, someone is saying that um, you could, I'm trying to think, vin- you could drink vinegar or something yeah, like that. Something about the oh, the apple cider yeah. vinegar. Or whatever yeah, that is going to kill the yeah. acid yeah. in yeah. the stomach. Please do not do that. I, I got, okay. I got that, a similar that's text a, message. That is a Same. myth that similar. is going around to a lot of church members, and it is truly a false myth. Mm. And in that, in that memo, it says 50% of the folks with coronavirus are developing fibrosis of their lungs. And that's mm. totally, totally false. So, but generic bleach or Lysol is very effective. Three so one even s- the generic is fine. Yes, yeah. okay. even the generic is fine. Three one seven two three nine nine six nine six. Go ahead. There's more. There's more callers. And let you get back to no, that. No, she wanted me to answer that. Other Go ahead. Question. So the other question is: It originated that we know from a province in China called Wuhan, and they felt that they first identified it from a, 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 a animal market where they eat bats and another different type of meats. And there was some concern that uh, some of those bats or whatever might have been uh, donated or whatever from uh, a laboratory in China. We just can't really get a good answer because China's not really good about telling us exactly um, what happened. But it did originate from China in this Wuhan province. And we had a very courageous doctor there. He was an eye doctor. And he just saw so many cases dying. And he felt bad that no one said anything. He wasn't, and he was not supposed to say anything. But he, uh, he revealed it publicly because he felt that something needed to be done. Mm. So even though it was reported January the 31st, we think the cases actually started late September, oh early October. Wow. And uh, when... They told us there was 400 cases at that time. The World Health Organization felt there was actually 4,000 cases, wow. Oh, wow. how they estimated it. Okay, That is startling. So the My phone God. lines have blown up here this morning, so we're going to continue to take these phone calls. Callers, when you call in at 317-239-9696, just stay there. Be patient. The phone lines are all busy right now, so if you get through, just stay there. When you hear the radio station in your phone, that means I've got you on hold. So just stay right there. We're going to go to caller on line one right now. Caller, good morning. What's your name? What's your question? Uh, good morning. My name is Miss Jackson, and... Uh, good morning, uh, Virginia Kane. Glad to hear you on the radio this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, what I was concerned about, um, I stay like in a, in a housing complex, uh, which is Luca Towers. And I was just saying that there, is there any type of way that, you know, they can put like this facility on a certain type of lockdown because you know, we have a lot of sick people in this building. We have shut-ins. We have, you know, handicapped. We have disabled and stuff. And as far as the coronavirus being out 
and if somebody gets infected in this building, that means that most likely the whole building uh, end up getting affected. So you're asking what can we do about that? So it's, it's really it's really difficult, but we let's just say we had a situation and we identified somebody from your building that became inf- infected and they were disabled. We would try to ascertain uh, probably their closest neighbors that they live next to about having, unfortunately, to self-quarantine them, meaning that I don't want you to even come out of your apartment. And when we have someone that's exposed to an actual case, at least currently right now, we help to buy the, we can help to uh, assist you in getting groceries to you so you don't have to come out of your apartment, okay? Uh, so there are ways to do deliveries. And, 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 and But I want to encourage everybody, please get your medications now. And see if your doctor can allow you, instead of just a one-month supply, get a two-month, preferably a three-month supply. Because that's a little harder for us to do, but it's easier for us to go get groceries and we'll put it right in front of your door and and call from the outside and say, hey. Yep. 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 And Dr. King, we do have to go to break right now. um, We've already blown past our time. on Yes, we did. We went over a little bit, but we will be right back, everyone. So stay tuned. In just a couple minutes, we'll be right back answering all your questions with Dr. Virginia Kane, infectious disease expert and director of the Marion County Public Health Department. This is Open Lines. For those of you who are on the phone, stay right there. We are coming right back after we pay a couple of bills. Uh, 239 9696 is the number to call to get on our live line and talk to the expert. More of this special edition of Open Lines is coming up. This is the Open Line Show. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 963. And good morning, Indianapolis. We are back live this morning with our special edition of the Open Line Show, broadcasting live to you on Hot 96.3 and on 106.7 WTLC. This is an all-coronavirus special report this morning, and so we are asking and inviting you to bring your questions to the good doctor, Virginia Kane, the director of the Marion County Public Health Department, and a literal expert on infectious diseases. The phone lines are completely lit up this morning, but uh, stand by as you get your phone calls in at 317-239-9696. You can also bring your questions in on social media. Ladies, as we get ready to go back to the phone lines, we just want to ask all of our callers out there, because we are getting so many calls this morning, uh, to keep your question brief as possible and just ask one question, because there's a good chance that somebody who's behind you on the phone may ask that question that you have. So 239-9696-317-239-9696. Ladies, we ready to go right back to the phone? Let's jump into the phones okay here we go caller on line one good morning you're live on the air me yes you good morning good morning the question i have is what does exposure mean if you've been indirectly exposed which means that you weren't exposed by the person who has the virus what does that mean for everybody else as far as being quarantined as far as um what are your next steps so if you've actually been uh exposed to someone who actually has 
coronavirus? Is that what you're saying? I think she's so, talking about indirect exposure, and I can give you an example uh, because um, I, I know firsthand knowledge of this particular example. A person whose family member may have been exposed works in an office with you, and you worked in the office with that person whose family member may have been exposed. What is your risk? So the risk is almost extremely negligible. It's just not there. So what we and that's called a contact of a contact right. person. So we don't worry about the contact of a contact. So if I've actually got coronavirus and then I'm a coworker so exposed to you, I'm that's the person we have to worry about. But if another person uh, has been exposed to that contact we don't worry about right. that person at all. Absolutely. And, and Dr. Kane, very quickly, I know the callers and we want to get them in, but can can you please specify the difference between self-isolation and quarantine? Because there is a difference. Hmm. Yes. So self-isolation means that you're, you're isolating yourself, um, but there's not, there's no known exposure to a coronavirus, but just the... Um, you know, someone might have had a viral syndrome or whatever, but we haven't been able to document that that person really has coronavirus. And we don't think it's coronavirus, but you, they just do self-isolation uh, for a period of time. Self-quarantine means um, that you've been exposed to someone who actually has the coronavirus. So we are monitoring. Actually, we monitor the folks who've been exposed Right. To the coronavirus, so our health department actually monitors of uh, those persons right. uh, usually twice a day. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And I think that Lots that'll that, help yeah. with a lot of people that might be calling in now because that distinction really makes a big difference, and you know might be quelling some of the hysteria that surrounds. For sure, yeah, which is mi- very much needed. We have another caller. Hey, caller. Good morning, online too. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for waking up and getting in there early for us. I really appreciate that. Um, question. If a person is tested positive for coronavirus at a hospital, medical center, drive-through, whatever, would they be hospitalized immediately or would they be sent home to self-quarantine? And how long does the coronavirus last in the body? So good question. So normally what hospitals are designed to do is to quickly do an assessment. So 80 to 85% of individuals have mild symptoms. Like, you know, I've got a fever, and we want a fever at least 100.4 or higher, and they may compl- they're coughing or they may have shortness of breath. Uh, and so they'll get you in the hospital, quickly do that coronavirus test, and they really want you out if you're not severely ill. Now, if you're having significant shortness of breath, you can't breathe, it may progress to pneumonia, then you have to be hospitalized. And sometimes you may be required to be on a ventilator, uh, the machine helping you to breathe and give you oxygen because you're not generating enough oxygen in your lungs on your own. Wow, very, very Great important question. distinction. Great very, question. Yes, sir, excellent yeah. question. All right, let's go to the phone lines again. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. I just want to know, if, uh, Dr. Kane, is quarantine a police action and if it is i would like to know i was listening to the address that that trump made now he has said something about the doctor's licensing and so forth 
I know that doctors have the ability to confer the sick role on a patient, right, through their diagnosis and their years of experience. I was just wondering, are y'all trying to uh, confer that authority on the people who are not medical doctors? So let me just let you just know the health department has the authority to quarantine anyone, especially if we think they're contagious. But a lot of times if I have an individual who we feel needs to be self-quarantined and he that, that person refuses, then we have to go and get an emergency court order in order to have that person's uh, self-quarantine and, and have to have some law enforcement person to monitor that person. But yes. we, we will not let someone put others uh, at risk. And it's and we do it just the same way we do with tuberculosis uh, TB because that is so yeah. contagious. Thank uh, you so much, Dr. Kane. We're going to go ahead and go to break so that we can get some more callers in. But stay tuned. You're listening to The Open Line Show with Ebony Chappelle, Cameron Riddle, and Tina Cosby here giving you all the updates on the coronavirus. All right. We're resetting the phone lines right now. 317-239-9696. And then we'll take this conversation all the way up to 9 o'clock. Get your calls in with Dr. Virginia Kane right now at 317-239-9696. Hi, this is Oshia Boyd, editor of the Indianapolis Reporter newspaper and Indiana Minority Business Magazine. You're listening to Open Lines with Ebony Chappelle and Cameron Riddle. Welcome back. Welcome back to Open Lines. Ebony Chappelle, Tina Cosby, and Cameron Riddle here today with Dr. Virginia Kane, infectious disease expert and the director of the Marion County Public Health Department, talking about all things COVID-19 and coronavirus to make sure you are informed. Cam, let's jump right back into the callers so that we can make sure our community is informed. All right, caller, good morning on line one. You're live on the air. Who's this? Caller. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There we go. We got you. Who's this? Ralph Black. Okay, Ralph, what's your question for me? Okay, I want to say good morning to everyone. Uh, once you've contracted the virus and you're cured, are there any long-life effects on your body that this virus will leave? Well, honestly, it's kind of difficult to say, but, uh, for example, if you have the chronic lung disease, and if you have a severe uh, complication of this virus, you could possibly develop what we call some scarring of the lungs, fibrosis, and might have some long-term consequences where you might have more difficulty breathing in the future. And this is probably if you're at a much greater risk if you have been a smoker. So that's a possibility. But on the whole... Uh, there are no long-lasting complications. It's just very, very similar to the flu, influenza. Okay, uh, let's go to our second caller here on line one. Caller, good morning. Hey, caller, good morning. Good morning, yes, you. Good morning, how are you? Hi. Oh, I'm fine. Do I have you? you? Yes, go ahead. What's your question? Hello. Um, My question is for the people that... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I have a question for the people that are actually getting the, that's dying from the coronavirus. They're saying that it's people that have underlying conditions. And I'm just wondering, like, is that for people that have diabetes or cancer, 
Like, is it people that have those type of things going on with their health already, or is it? Majority of the persons that are dying have a underlying condition. So, like, if you're immunocompromised, let's just say you're an HIV patient where your immune system is is nearly gone, or are you a cancer patient and you recently undergoing chemotherapy so you don't have the white blood cells to help fight off infections. So if you're immunocompromised or you have some of these chronic medical conditions, we've seen a higher mortality, more people dying in that category and over the age of 60. There's not been a single death in a child or a young adult so far. So children... They can be transmitters of the infection, but it doesn't, something that's happening, they've got some kind of maybe exposure recently to a, uh, another viral syndrome that's protected them. Yeah, and you know what? I think that is so important to discuss because I have, like many other people, elderly family members that I've been calling and checking on right now. And honestly, Dr. Kane, it was one of those things that made me nervous because I read and I've been, you know, watching the news as well to stay, you know, prepared. Um, and one of the things that I saw was that younger people, while they may not suffer so so much physically from the virus, mm-hmm. like you said, they can be transmitters and they can be shedding it for so long and maybe not even realize because the symptoms are so mild. Um, But our elderly people, our immunosuppressed people um, are the ones that are more susceptible to this hurting them in a very, very serious way. What can you tell people to um, help to mitigate the problems that might happen to their elderly family members? Like, should we be going to visit or or how should we handle that? Yes, So I think that's a great point. We need to li- limit our visiting uh, to our older uh, adults. And if you have a relative that's in a long-term care facility, while only essential, well, actually, I think most long-term cares are restricting people right now. Here's the important point. We don't know if this virus acts like our regular flu so that by the time May comes, it's going to mm. almost just disappear completely. Wow. And then come back with a vengeance in September. Oh, goodness. But it could be like the H1N1 flu that we had in 2009 where it it just was through all, it didn't obey. So even when the mm. summertime came, when it got hot, the cases continued to come. Yeah. So, but we won't know until May yeah. whether we're going to be lucky or not. Dr. Kane, is there any precedent uh, from an epidemiologic perspective, logical perspective, uh, of operating more or less in a vacuum like this with a pandemic? And if so, what would the precedent be and how, how did that pan out? Do you, can you recall anything? anything so, so I will tell you that uh, H1N1 caused, oh, thousands of, mm-hmm. of uh, infection in pediatric cases, thousands of deaths. In, no, in those cases, a lot of children with asthma, uh, mm. other respiratory conditions, were very vulnerable, as well as a lot of seniors uh, dying from that. That's probably the closest. Now, the, which disease has been the scariest Yeah, was Ebola. Wow. Oh. And if we had let Ebola take place in this country, mm-hmm. we had an early test, okay? Yeah. And if we had let Ebola take place take in this hold, country, yeah. oh, my God, mm-hmm. this make this coronavirus look like child's play. 
And one other thing I wanted to ask about that, um, I was watching um, actually PBS NewsHour earlier this week, and they were talking about that same thing as far as um, precedents that have been set in this country. Um, What about polio? They talked about how polio was so um, prolific and really shut down many sectors of of everyday life like we're experiencing now. Yes, it left some people crippled or whatever. But here's the thing, the public, I want you to understand this. Mm-hmm. CDC, Centers for Disease Control, that's the main agency for prevention. Their funding got cut at CDC, okay? So they what lost, our president what says I'm, he doesn't know about. They yeah. lost 40 critical people who, who long-time experience, knew how to develop the tests, and could avoid any contamination. Not only did they lose technical people, but they lost funding for even to be able to have a lot of reagents in order to do this so people you got to understand we have got to protect our federal state and local health departments funding in order to help with these resources we got to protect cdc and let them get the funding that they do see people think when nothing happens oh you guys don't need that money (laughs) you know you don't need no emergency you need it in preparation no money if there's a disaster happens Wow. But we got to always practice this stuff. You know, we have to practice. We practice every year. I'm on a call every week with the hospital systems. I've been on the call almost two or three times a week with, some, with uh, most of our township superintendents. Mm. We talk to the business folks. We are talking with the faith-based folks. Anyone you know, you cannot share communion. Unless it's in the you'll individual, the individual little cup. Yeah. Sealed, yeah. Right. Sealed, yeah. So and then if you if there are more than two hundred and fifty church members, you should not have that the you shouldn't have church. A lot of churches have gone to streaming. Streaming um, this will be, morning. is wonderful. Yeah, and I hear the music, so that means we need to go to break, Cam. Yeah, we need to go to break. But hey, uh, we have some new developments from management here at Radio One. They realize how important this conversation is and see how much the phone lines are lighting up right now. So they have asked that we continue this conversation in our special edition of Open Lines now going into the nine o'clock hour. Doctor, can you hang around for a little bit longer? I can. can. Okay. thank you so much. Uh, The phone lines, as I said, are literally blowing up and we are doing our best efforts here to keep our community informed. So we are going to do another hour of the special report here on Open Lines. Ebony Chappelle, WTLC AM's Tina Cosby in the studio with us participating in this all out effort on behalf of Radio One Indianapolis to tell you everything you need to know about coronavirus. Our special report continues into the nine o'clock hour. After this, for now, 239-9696. Get your calls in. We'll be right back. This is a special edition of the Open Line Show. is here and with it comes a lot of misinformation every day brings new questions what is it what are the symptoms how do i stay safe now we're connecting you to the expert as dr virginia kane director of the marion county public health department answers your questions live on open lines I'm Cameron Riddle. This hour, join me, Ebony Chappelle, and Tina Cosby for a special edition of Open Lines. Coronavirus, everything you need to know, starts right now. 
And good morning, Indianapolis. We are continuing our special coverage of coronavirus. Everything you need to know, our special report. This has been Radio One's uh, initiative and our effort to keep our community informed, letting you know exactly what you need to know, what's misinformation, what's incorrect, why you should not panic, but why you should be taking some action. In our studio this morning for the special 9 o'clock edition of Open Lines is myself, Cameron Middle. My co-host, Ebony Chappelle, WTLC AM host, Tina Cosby, joining us for a special edition here on Sunday morning. Thank you, Tina. And the literal expert on all things infectious diseases and the leader of our county's public health department, Dr. Virginia Kane, in the studio with us. Uh, Ladies, we are continuing this hour because the conversation has been so great. The phone lines have been so hot. Absolutely. People have so many questions and we want to encourage you all um, to continue to call in with the thoughts that you have. The phone number is 317-239-9696. We also have a number of questions coming in through social media. Um, Dr. Kane, I want to ask one really quick before we open up the phone lines again. And this goes back to the idea of um, being prepared and having supplies on you that you need. Um, Someone actually, Ashmac, um, who is our uh, midday here at Hot 96 wanted to know, um, is there a list of vitamins that people should stock up on? And I have another question about that, about supplies people should have at home. Are there any suggestions you can give? So uh, of the vitamins, uh, one of the vitamins that's very uh, good against colds and and viral syndromes is vitamin C. So if you're taking any vitamins, that's a wonderful vitamin uh, to take from a preventative standpoint. So I have a question. Um, what about zinc? Oh, let me just say also, <laughs> you, you've nailed the other most important. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, you've nailed the other most important uh, uh, component of vitamins that is very protective. So zinc and vitamin C are two very effective uh, medications that can really help build and boost up your immune system. I, I was just asking because I had that at home. I didn't have any vitamin C at home. So. <laughs> Zinc yeah. is fine. Zinc is good, Zinc so I don't have just, to go buy vitamin C. What, so one or the other. What about what about in, in tandem? What about together? It, it's even double power. Okay. Double okay. power. All right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Phone calls? Yes, let's okay. jump into it. All right. Caller, good morning. You are on the air. Who's this? What's your question? Caller, hey, I hear you listen to the radio there in the background. You're on the air now. Let's give her a couple seconds. She'll realize it. Three. Oh, hello. Hey, yeah, that's you. Turn your radio down in the background. You're live on the radio now. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Good morning. What's your name? Good morning. My name is Wanda Clay Petty, and I was wondering, I have concerns about uh, taking the MRI <laughs> exam, being enclosed in that um, machine, and if it is thoroughly cleaned between people. Oh yes, they are. Uh, every hospital system is supposed to wipe down that machine between patients, and they usually do a pretty good job related to that. All right, that caller. And, yes, and Go ahead, get that MRI if they're recommending it to you because that's important. All right, we're going to keep uh, rapid fire here on the phone lines because some of these folks have been waiting uh, for a few minutes through our commercial break. Let's go to line three, caller. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, you're on the air. What's your name and what's your question? Good morning. My name is Kolila. My question is, I have a family member who is at a nursing home. And my question is, are there any plans to limit the number of shifts?
shift workers that come in and out that care for my relative. To say hi to you. Hi, Kalila. How are you doing? This is Tina. So, yes, so actually we had a meeting uh, with all the three associations of long-term care and this past Friday, <clears throat> and they're trying to develop plans in terms of how to try to limit the number of people going to each individual room to care for long-term um, in, uh, patients. The problem is, you know, it's the capacity of the staffing. So you don't have as many staff, unfortunately, sometimes to say, oh, only this person can go in the room. But they are trying to work that out, trying to limit that because, uh, they, you know, if they lose somebody, they, they don't want to lose their entire staff. So that's what they are trying to do. But it may be very difficult to accomplish because of the smaller number of staff they have. Doc, I have a question coming in on our social media, and and this is one that I particularly want to know, because when this show is over today, I was going to go grocery shopping, yes, and uh-huh. um, we need a lot of things for whatever reason. I hope I left something for you from last night. But go Hopefully <laughs> you, and that, you and the whole rest of the city, yeah. Well, I don't know what the obsession with the toilet paper is. Maybe you can address that. But I, You know what? There was no toilet paper. I saw paper towels. And listen, if you can't find the toilet paper, buy paper towels. There Make it work. There are a few paper towels left. Yeah. But there's no toilet paper. I, I didn't get that either. So it just mm-hmm. so happens that in my house, we're on the last roll of toilet paper. So I do need some. But I'm trying to figure out what exactly, and as this uh, listener has asked us, what exactly do they need? What is hysteria? What do they actually need to have when they go grocery shopping? So I think that uh, when they go grocery shopping, remember now, when you're placing your hands on the grocery cart, mm. and a lot of people have touched those carts, uh, I've got to have you wash your hands or even wear gl- gloves on your Because hands. it's living on metal for like 12 oh, yes, hours. it can live on yeah. metal for at least two hours. Yeah. So I definitely need you to wash your hands or wear some gloves when you're, when you're, when you're in the grocery store with the, with the cart. Mm. I, the other thing I will continue to say, uh, it's nice to have two weeks of supply of food. Mm-hmm. And so that means, um, you know, you may need some canned goods or whatever, mm-hmm. frozen vegetables for two weeks. You know, it's so amazing. There was so much vegetables that was left I saw in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, I was I was excited about that, yeah. too. Well, I got my zucchini folks, noodles you know, and everything. You need your vegetables. Yes. You know what? Green. I bet all the yeah. Pringles and all the chips and everything were Oh, gone. yeah. People had their quarantine snacks yeah, on deck, so that got, was a yeah, big one. Something else idea. I wanted to add to that, Dr. Kane, about the groceries. You mentioned about frozen and things like that. Also non-perishables because we need things that are going to stretch for a while. Yes. Yeah. And even get a supply of water, you yeah. know, just yeah. in case you never know. Get a, at least two weeks of water that you can have in your and hey, uh, I, if any of you got pets, don't forget your pets now. Well, what, don't forget about the pets. You know, yeah. somebody, I got to tell you guys, mm-hmm. listen, I know we, we, we got to get to the call. No, 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 go ahead. Someone called into my show last week and wanted to know, should they put a mask over their pet's face? You know what, and Tina, to add to that. You remember that? Yes, and yeah. a social question, people want to know, can it be transmitted to their pets or can their pets give it to them? Oh, yeah, through the pets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so we're, we're so pets CDC all doesn't. It's not quite sure about that answer. Okay. But on the abundance of caution, they're asking uh, any pet owner that if you're symptomatic, having any symptoms, uh, please, do, you're not supposed to hug or 
or get close to your pet if you can avoid it. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm. To protect okay. your pet. Oh, yes. so, they so you're protecting. Okay. So, okay. Yes, you're symptomatic. So if you're symptomatic with like flu-like symptoms, uh-huh. you know, runny nose because your hand's contaminated, don't be touching your pet now. So leave Fido and them alone yeah, so yeah. that they can be taken we care gotta of. Leave, leave. And, and yeah. the threshold again, Dr. Kane, and this bears repeating. Uh, the symptoms in terms of if you are what the threshold so you which need creates to have, symptomatic. So if you have a fever, one hundred point four or higher. That's scary. Ninety nine point five is not a fever. So one hundred point four higher with a fever. Uh, you may have sore throat, mm-hmm. runny nose. This is more flu like than the coronavirus. We've seen more coughing mm-hmm. uh, or shortness of breath with fever associated with the coronavirus. And the shortness of breath isn't necessarily an indicator. I mean, but it, it's one of the more serious symptoms. That's however. a definitely much more serious symptom. Yeah, yeah, a symptom, but not mm-hmm. an The coughing is what we see more frequently. Okay. So, but, Doctor, one of our listeners, Carrie, just sent me uh, this post. And, and the thing about social media is some people put information out there as if they know what they're talking about. And we don't know who these people are necessarily when they start getting shared and shared and shared. For sure. So someone just sent me this. Uh, Carrie says, can you ask about this Um this post and this woman says, if you do get coronavirus, and this is a social media post, folks, that we're trying to fact check things you should actually buy ahead of time. She says Kleenex, uh, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, Mucinex, Robitussin, Dayquil or NyQuil. Uh, they say if you do not have a humidifier, uh, that would also be a good thing to get. Uh, they also say if you have a history of asthma and you have a prescription inhaler, make sure you get one. So, Doc, as we talk about going to the store, is what's being floated around on social media, is this fact or fiction? So, most of the products, most of the things that you said were great suggestions. Okay. So, let me hear it again, but humidifier, what it, it does, it helps you breathe a whole heck of a lot better. Yeah. Because your environment inside your home is so dry. Mm-hmm. It just makes it, it irritates the n- nose, and may even make you prone to uh, bleeding or whatever. So, um, but and then a cough suppressant if you're coughing, definitely. A lot of folks get muscle aches. You know, severe muscle aches feels like sometimes the army tank has rolled over me. Mm. Mm. So the ibuprofen helps with the muscle aches, and then the Tylenol helps to bring down the fever because sometimes you can get a headache associated with your fever, and so that's very helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, Dr. Kane, I think that um, it is important for people to um, stay aware and, you know, take the precautions. But what can you say from your years of expertise about uh, maintaining a sense of calm as far as your mental state and that um, impacting your ability to make rational decisions um, because a lot of people you know are very understandably so very anxious right now Um, there are a lot of things floating around online and when things like this happen some of us I know I'm guilty of this sometimes the incessant scrolling and the constant you know consumption of, of news to try to stay aware but what can you tell us about the importance of just taking a deep breath and making sure that we are staying calm inside. So I do think you need to do a little um, 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 uh, do something during the day that's relaxing for you. Mm. So there's some activity, it's a favorite activity, Now I don't want you to eat. Okay, no, don't so, overeat all your so quarantine food. Overeat. <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, I think that... Um, 
we have to understand right now, at least in the state of Indiana, we still remain a very low-risk state. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not like New York. Just one city has got over 125 cases. Just one city um, like that New Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're still less than 25 cases. Chicago has got nearly 25 cases now. Uh, you're listening to a special edition of Open Lines on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. We are bringing the expert directly to you. You can call in and get your questions about coronavirus answered at 317-239-9696. We have several callers standing by. We'll get to you in just a second. We're also taking your questions via social media at The Open Line Show, or you can uh, tweet us on Facebook at Hot 96.3, at 106.7 WTLC, at Cameron Riddle, at uh, Ebony the Writer. We're monitoring all of these pages and taking your questions as they come in. So as we continue this special edition of Coronavirus, Everything You Need to Know, um, Doctor, uh, I wanted to point out one of the things you said that we're not like New York because of the crowding. But that's one of the that's exactly the reason why we've started to cancel those big events, because it's all about the size. And we would have had those exact problems with the Big Ten, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. All of that stuff that was supposed to be here in the month, school closings, kids at lunch, the bus rides. We've tried several to concerts that. that were supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. All, all for that exact reason, because it's about the numbers. Right. Exactly. It's all about the numbers. Yeah. So let's go to the phone lines. Three one seven two three nine nine six nine six. We are continuing to take your calls and your questions. Let's hit caller on line two. Good morning. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Daryl, and I was listening to the conspiracy theorists that are saying that uh, African Americans are immune to corona, and also that um, why isn't there any coverage about Africa? They're hitting all the other countries, but you know, they don't hear anything about Africa and corona. Well, you know, first, let me say, Doc. <laughs> What he's saying is not uh, no. something that I have not heard. Even I've heard you, it a lot myself. Even when yeah. you look at the map where they show like where all the cases are, mm-hmm. Africa is noticeably less red on the map than other places. So what's the truth behind it? So I, I think the, the truth is, is that it takes a while for this virus to spread throughout different countries. So remember, it started out in China. Mm-hmm. So then you have to look at where do you think most China residents travel. Mm-hmm. So you start you start to see the uh, where they have the most business related to their activities. Do you know that uh, probably almost a third of our protective uh, hospital gear we have is made out of China? Yes. Yeah. So I think the reason why... You're seeing less cases in Africa right now is that China probably had more business in the European countries and more business in the United States than they have in Africa. But eventually it's going to, the pandemic, because you were only just a plane ride away, it's going to get there. You're going to see the increase in their cases, but it's happening in the countries first where... We're connected to China, and we have so many international students mm-hmm. that are uh, uh, that we have over in China from the United States, and so that's why I think you're not seeing the numbers yet in Africa, but you will see them. 
Yeah. And then to speak to the point of that myth, because, doctor, this was a myth that was really out there, um, because even here in the States, there were not a lot of cases um, where it was reported that the patients were black. So then the myth started, you know, perpetuating that, well, maybe we can't get it. So please explain to the people how untrue that is. Just as vulnerable as anybody else. But it also suggests that possibly, you know, you've got to be in that same social network. Mm. So some of these cases occurred in the white community. And so if you were not in that same particular social network, you've been luckier than most. So you've had less exposure to the cases that were infected. And so that's why I believe we're not seeing as many African-Americans compared to our white counterpart based on the event. Now, Dr. Uh, Dr. Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, was uh, speaking on the national level saying, one, this is going to get worse before it gets better. He says that's, we're, that's absolutely correct. Okay. He says we're just at the beginning. Yes, that's and, absolutely correct, too. And it, it seems like we've been dealing, dealing with this for so long because of how fast this has developed in the past just Listen, now remember, this Mm -hmm. just happened in January of this year. Right. Yeah. When we first heard about this in January. Mm -hmm. And so, wow, we're just in March. It's just three months away. And look what has happened across this country that fast. So they're also saying that uh, I think the number was either one in four or one in three people. Americans could get this. Is are you on the same page with that? What what's what is your? Well, I know a professor from John Hopkins University who does a lot of um, uh, looking at statistics and being able to predict trends. Is estimating that we're going to, before this is all over if we do our mitigation, mm-hmm. our social distancing, and do make sure we're doing our epidemiologic investigations and contact tracing. He estimates that if we do everything right, we're, we could probably reach up to 50,000 cases um, and hope that we we stop there. But that's that's if we do everything right. We that's, could still. That's if we do everything mm-hmm. right. So if, okay. we, if, if we do things wrong. But let me just say this. Yes. So if we do things wrong, we could be talking in the millions. Wow. Okay. Yes, wow. in the millions. Now, right now. There's already, I think, 30,000 cases of the flu of people who have died. Right. Wow. 30,000 already. Across that, the globe. I mean, that's that was worldwide. From, yes. Across the globe. Yeah. Yes, across yeah. the globe. Yes. Okay, worldwide. So, um, so uh, but in the United States, in a whole year, it's somewhere between 20,000 or 45,000 who die every well, year from yeah. the flu. From, from the, the flu. flu. From the yeah. flu. And, and yeah. so if we are, reach 50,000 and we can keep the deaths no more than that, mm-hmm. then we will be good. But it's all the luck of the draw. Whether this infection drops significantly, it disappears in the summer, and then it only comes back in September, but it may come back with a vengeance. Yeah. But still. And I have a follow up to that um, because there are some people um, and even some medical professionals that are saying that they believe because testing has not become so prevalent yet, we still don't have an you know, a wide range of that available. There are some that believe that there were some people that were misdiagnosed maybe early on before we had all of this together. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, So definitely quite possible. 
yeah. that they they didn't have a diagnosis. You know, you know, you have some people that are dying. So you know, they're just now uh, testing the folks in this in that uh, suburb of Seattle that long term care. Wow. And I think they said like seventy five of their employees yeah. are now infected once they were able to test them, mm. and uh, concerned that some of their residents who died. Earlier, they mm. thought from natural causes could have been now this. could have been related to the infection. So yes, Doctor Kane, very quickly, we were talking about uh, the, the the natural lines of defenses, what people should have or whatever. One of the one of the uh, most commonly held uh, instructions about the flu, just the types A and B flu, yes, uh, is to get a flu shot. Where are we, and what's the directive now regarding flu shots in the in the midst of this this so particular virus? So everyone, please, if you've not gotten your flu shot, it's so important to get that flu shot because flu season and activity goes all the way through to uh, early May. So you know you could get the flu between uh, now and May. Now, when you get the flu shot. It doesn't kick in until two weeks after your flu shot. And how long does it last? Oh, it'll last for one season. Okay. So it's good for one season. But they are working on a new flu vaccine that may last for five years. So instead of you having to get a flu shot every year, Uh this flu shot will last for five years. That would be excellent. And it's looking very promising. And they're very close. That. Yeah. Ladies, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a whole lot smarter as we sit in here with the literal <laughs> expert. Not only smarter, but uh, also calmer. I'm one of those people yeah. where information helps to just bring me all the way back down to earth. So yeah. I am so appreciative of Dr. Kane for being with us this morning. Well, let me get back to that to that um, um, anxiety or uh-huh. excess stress. So deep breathing, relaxation techniques, just take deep breaths. Exercise, believe it or not, can help um, uh, help that anxiety. And I don't know if people do some meditation, you know, mm-hmm. put on some good music. Yes. Have a <laughs> candle, you know, and whatever, and take a, just a nice relaxing bath or whatever. And mm-hmm. just, but um, uh, those are really good. But always remember, you got to get the proper sleep. Proper nutrition, and that means no extra fatty foods for you, mm. okay, and no extra or excess sugar or carbohydrates, all right? I already messed uh, that up this weekend, Doc. What can, I, what can I say, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. But vegetables you can eat to your heart's content. Well, you, we can probably find, you can find the vegetables quite easily. <laughs> yeah, you can. As, Unlike toilet paper. As yeah. we talk about groceries, <laughs> folks are, are saying they're about to get ready to go to the store here this morning, and so... As you do that, and callers, I see you on the phone lines. I'm coming to you in just a second. Um, As you do that, you know, remember to stay calm at the store. And remember, the store employees are going through it right now. Yes, they are. As you all try to go get your stuff, they are working around the clock, so much so that our nation's largest and smallest stores are having to change their hours. So Walmart is now saying they are going to reduce their store times from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Remember, we're talking about stores that are 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We are running these people ragged. And when when you go to the store and one of the Walmart employees might be a little short, 
Remember, she probably worked a double to restock those shelves so that you could get in there this morning. So everyone be cordial with each other as we stay calm. And as the doctor said, the anxiety as we go shopping. I want to shout it out. Shout out to and I I feel embarrassed that I didn't get the young uh, African-American young lady's name. But I went to the Kroger's office, 71st and Benford Road. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I, I yeah, don't live I over there, mm-hmm. but I, I stopped at that store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was trying to get some meat, and I didn't see the date on it. And uh, she was just so, and she had this big, hard, big, huge cart of food. She was trying to move down the hallway in the store. And I just stopped and asked her a question. She said, well, let me stop. I'll go in the back and find out for you. And I said, "Well, I don't see any, uh, uh, and I don't see any the kind of meat that I wanted." And uh, sh- and so she went back to that store, mm-hmm. brought out the meats that I wanted, and just so gracious and just so friendly. And this was like, you know, I shop late at night. Mm-hmm. So this is like uh, we talked about after ten o'clock last night. Wow. And so I got a shout out to hey, you got that great employee, whoever you were in the meats department. You were just mm-hmm. Fantastic, outstanding. Excellent. You know what? That type of behavior is going to be, I think, one of the keys to us overcoming um, this pandemic that we're currently experiencing, treating each other with respect. We have some more callers. Yeah, we've got a couple of callers. We want to get to them and then we'll take our next commercial break. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, that's you. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? What's your question? Deborah. My question was um, also how important is it to sanitize like your keys, your credit cards, your debit cards? How important is that as well as wearing the gloves inside the grocery stores? And, And is it okay to take your like your Clorox disinfectant wipes with you, like in a little Ziploc bag or something, and wipe your own card off. How yes, important? Yes, so definitely that? have that. And if it's you a can get question. your, if you mm-hmm. definitely have that. And if you can have a hand sanitizer, that's wonderful. But it's only effective if it has at least sixty percent alcohol or higher. Only effective. Sixty. It's got to contain alcohol in it, six percent or higher. All right, let's get one more call in before we go to break. Caller on line three. Thank you for being patient. You are live on the open line show. What's your name? What's your question? Yeah, this is Tim. How you guys doing? Hey, Tim. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Uh, my question is uh, for uh, kidney patients. As you know, we can't drink a we can't drink a lot of fluids and stuff like that. And some of the symptoms she's talking about, like shortness of breath and stuff like that, happens to kidney patients. So what? What does she recommend kidney patients do when we can't drink a lot of fluids and stuff like that? All right. Thank you, sir. Doc, the question to you, kidney patients, what should they be doing as they can't drink a lot of fluids and whatnot in this time? Oh, sorry. That's you. <laughs> so tell me this again now. We are almost like Yes, for yes. kidney patients yeah. that are, because kidney patients, if they're on dialysis and things like that, yeah. they cannot ingest a lot of fluids. What should they be doing to help to... Uh, take care of themselves during this time. So I think the, the most important thing for a, a kidney dialysis patient, because my sister uh, was formerly a dialysis patient, um, is to just, you really need the, a lot of rest. Uh, and nutritionally, you have to eat the appropriate foods uh, for your condition because that helps your immune system is the rest. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing in 
they know this, but uh, uh, they have to be especially careful in regard to their environment of keeping the surfaces clean. Mm -hmm. So they have to wipe down everything very carefully. should be every day. Mm-hmm. And maybe now is a good time for people to start using that Apple Pay and stuff. As that caller just talked about, you know, swiping your card because we're all we're all touching our cards and we're all touching that machine that we touch. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe so, it's time to yeah. use things that aren't that you don't have to touch. Exactly correct. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, That's a very it's something good point. that I remember. Yeah. Now people forget about. Oh, I get in my car. Okay, or even sometimes uh, if you get on the bus, you know, depending on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how crowded it is. You know, mm-hmm. you might touch something inside of your bus transportation or mm-hmm. Indigo, mm-hmm. maybe Indigo car. Mm-hmm. You just really have to have those wipes on you, sanitizers on yeah. you. Right. Uh, yeah, I walked into a store. I, th- I can't remember if it was a Kroger or... But anyway, there were boxes on top of boxes of these these wipes that they mm-hmm. wanted uh, customers to use. I and think it, that's excellent. Yeah, but the boxes were, the, the supply of the boxes were getting depleted because people were using, you know, they were utilizing. Yeah. And, and you but know, it, yeah. at least they were available. Exactly. And one other thing, you know, because I know that hand sanitizer is like non-existent. Um, at my other job, we order it as a giveaway every year and it is completely gone. So maybe just making sure to wash your hands as soon as you get in the house and before you touch anything. is more effective than the sanitizer. So yes. I have a preference. You wash the soap and water, and it's got to be at least 20 seconds. Yes. Mm, 20, 20 seconds. seconds. Okay. Yes. Sing yes. happy, sing oh, one but phrase you know and happy mistake, birthday, right? You know one mistake that people make when they wash their hands in soap? So I'll wash my hands with soap and water, and then I'll reach over and turn off the water. No. And I've contaminated my, mm. my hands again yep. because that water faucet uh, handle uh-huh. is contaminated. Yeah. So you really need a paper towel. If you wash your hands, you need to get the paper towel and dry your hands and use the paper towel to turn off your yes, water. Yes, yes. So we have so much more information coming up, you all. Stay tuned. You are listening to Open Lines with Ebony Chappelle, Tina Cosby, Cameron Riddle, and Dr. Virginia Kane. Um, we will be taking your questions and all of that when we come back. But stay tuned. This is a special edition of the Open Line Show. you connected to what's happening in our city it's open lines on hot 96.3 and good morning indianapolis we are continuing our coronavirus special report everything you need to know it's our special coverage this morning on hot 96.3 and on 106.7 wtlc in the studio with me is my co-host, Ebony Chappelle. I'm Cameron Riddle, by the way. WTLC AM, AM 1310, 92.7 FM afternoon host. Tina Cosby is putting in some overtime and spending uh, the morning with us here in the studio for open lines. And then the literal expert herself, Dr. Virginia Kane, is also with us here in the studio this morning to answer your questions, uh, to bust the myths, to tell you what's fact, tell you what's fiction and tell you why you shouldn't panic 
but you do need to listen and be prepared. So with that said, we'll continue the conversation with your calls and questions right now at 317-239-9696. The phone lines are open, 317-239-9696. You can talk directly to Dr. Virginia King. Calls are already coming in. I said it. It's like magic. The phones are ringing. Coming to you in just a second. <laughs> yeah. But we're also getting stuff on social media and Absolutely. by email. And before we do that, I know we talked about uh, going to the store and our own Karen Vaughn mm-hmm. is already out at the stores this morning and she wanted to give a shout out to the folks at the Dollar Trees, the Dollar Generals, the Family Dollars because she says they are phenomenal and they have stuff. They have stuff. I've uh, been and yeah. Tina, I know you were saying uh, yeah, some other exactly. tips. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing, Karen. I mean, I, I echo exactly what Karen said because I went to one uh, Dollar General yesterday twice. I did it on purpose. I walked in. Found toilet paper as soon as I walked in, mm-hmm. you know, which everybody's going. Then I said, you know what? Why not try again? So I went in about five or six in the afternoon. They were still stocking toilet paper. They wow. had every, my cousin said she couldn't find hamburger buns. She's on the east side. I said, they got hamburger mm-hmm. buns. So you just have to find your place. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, and again, a shout out to all of those companies that are working overtime to keep their shelves stocked and, and you know, trying to, uh, you know, to address, uh, you know, the, the need and the, uh, yeah. the hysteria. So and another speak. thing on that hysteria and with people, you know, out and about um, shopping and whatnot, just when the stores have limits on things, please try to follow that and yeah. follow what it is that they say, because there are people um, we cannot, you know, negate this fact. There are people in our communities that do not have the funds um, to be able to go out and buy in bulk. They can't afford to buy a whole pallet of anything. So you think about moms that need formula and baby wipes and things like that. When you do the most and take up everything in the stores and then they have to wait because they couldn't buy 20 of them. They could only buy for one week. You then put your neighbors yeah, at know. a disadvantage. But Ebony, yeah. you, you bring up an excellent point because um, a number of organizations have texted and emailed us and um, sent us notifications that this is a perfect opportunity to contribute to food banks. Yes. To donate to people who don't have, they may not even have a car to get to a store, let alone, mm-hmm. um, you know, the opportunity to, to, to stockpile and things of that nature. Um, blood banks, you know, the uh, and Dr. Kane, you could probably address that more, but it may be an opportunity to help, you know, we can all help as well, as much as we are helping ourselves, this is mm-hmm. also an opportunity to help others who may not necessarily be in the same position that we are, may not Absolutely. be as blessed as we are to be able to to go to a store and get as much as we need for the next two weeks. So again, this is, uh, you know, this is just opportunity all the way around. And mm-hmm. the other part, um, Ebony, that you were talking about, um, I was standing in line at a store and it was getting, it was getting kind of thick. Tensions were getting, and it was among yeah. the, the customers and they were, and so there were myself and another customer, we turned around and we kind of, we had to calm it down because it's like, come on, you guys, mm-hmm. let's remember. I said, this poor guy, he's probably done a double, you know, we're all in here. We're going to get out. There's plenty of, you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to get what we need. So let's just chill. You know, well, good you on go, you for well, not did, doing what everybody else does and just takes out their cell phone and records it. Oh, yeah, no, no that's not no. helping that, anything. That, that helps nothing. Yeah. Putting that on social media. No, at some point we got to be humans and human to human contact and turning around and talking to your neighbor. And, you know, remarkably, most folks did calm down. But I spoke up. I said, yeah, come mm-hmm. on, you guys, come on. Yeah, Th- this is this is not it's not that deep that you have to want to get ready to fight in here over mm-hmm. some bread or somebody not taking you or a line closing and another one opening up. Let's just, you know, let's just reset. Are we ready to yeah. take some calls here? Go ahead, Doc, and then we'll take a call. One major thing is, is that, you know, the hospitality workers, and I think there are over 80,000 of them lost their 
their jobs because the convention center has had to be closed down yeah. about not having anybody over 250, so they closed down. So that's mm-hmm. that's like 80, 85,000 hospitality workers without a, without a job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, and you know, you don't, you don't have any expectations going to hit you, and it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Lilly Endowment with United Way, Fairbanks Foundation, uh, CICF Foundation, Lumina Foundation, are coming together. They've already raised over sixteen point five million dollars. I think Lily Endowment gave gave um, fifteen million of it. Where they're going to try to bring resources for folks who've been heavily hit mm. related to this, and you and there's no place for them to get the money. And we're trying to do it. They're going to try to do it quickly. You know, you, you got all that bureaucracy before you're going to see that mm. federal money get down to us. Yeah. So a lot of um, community organizations are going to. Um, yeah, um, they're stepping up. Community is stepping up. And that's, you know, that, we, you know, we we have a wonderful community here. Well, Absolutely. speaking of which, we just yeah. got a tweet in uh, from uh, uh, from Twitter uh, saying uh, no questions asked. Food pantry on the northeast side of town does not require paperwork or or ID for those visiting. People can check up on Facebook for up to date hours. And I know on Friday we were doing a lot of reporting over at mm-hmm. Channel six about uh, we were hearing some some places are going to have to dump all their food. And so they were talking about giving it to food banks. And then I also interviewed a couple of ladies who were working at a downtown hotel. Um, she makes $30,000 as a waitress. So as a waitress, think about that. She makes two. So she's yeah, she's cleaning excellent up. waitress. <laughs> and all sure. of that is gone now. Big 10, all of that yeah. is gone. So, so many people Big are without 10, their jobs. NCAA is gone. But listen, even hotels, mm-hmm. <clears throat> employees that serve food, you know, mm-hmm. those folks are not filling the hotels. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where the, the, the three ladies I talked to, she was a one was a server, a waitress and a a lounge uh, hostess at one of the hotels, and they've been laid off until further notice. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. 317-239-9696. The phone lines are completely busy. We've got several callers with questions for the good Dr. Virginia Kane on this special edition of Open Lines. Caller on line two, good morning. You're live on the air. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, that's you. Good morning. I think I lost her because she's listening to the radio. Are you there? All right, I'm going to move on to my caller on line. Yep, I lost her. Okay, caller on line three. How about hello, now? Hello. Uh, Good morning. And Tina, this is Brother Motel. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a couple quick points I wish for Dr. Kane to explain to people. Number one, I worked yesterday out at Community South, and friends of mine in the community are talking about ICUs are just completely full. ICUs are full. I, I don't think understand the gravity of what's going on out here, just regularly what's going on. So, Dr. Kane, I heard a disturbing discussion yesterday from some pastors, and I won't name them on this radio show yesterday, about that they didn't feel that, that, that churches should limit the visiting because under the governor's directive, it was, they, he said, non-essential, and they considered church essential. My mother went to the casino horseshoe yesterday up there in Hammond, 78 years old, and I got on her you know, like, like you know what. Can you explain to the people why that limiting, especially with that older population? Because so for educated men to say these things, I really it really disturbed me, and I got on them. I called in, I got on them real bad, and I don't think they understand why that is the case to stay out of those large groups. Because so, Dr. Kane, can you explain that so some of these pastors can understand from a scientific perspective 
why we don't want these people in large groups. No one's coming in the hospitals now. People are mad about not getting visitors, but there are reasons for this. So, Dr. Kane, can you explain to them this, I would love please? to explain it and now. Thank you for taking my call. The thank recommendations you. from the governor that says there should be no, uh, um, no public uh, uh, events uh, under 250 unless it's some essential services. Now, what's worse, I think, for faith-based communities is you need to know your congregation. So if you have a congregation that's primarily young adults, children, and under the age of 40, then you might be able to get away with it. But if you have an older population, older adults, and it's significant, you don't even want to have that number to be less than 250. It may be 50 of them gathering together is very scary, and you are putting them at risk for death. You are putting them at risk for death. So if you have individuals over the age of 60, especially if they have adults, okay, if they're 50, should be less than 50, and my preference is I think you need to figure out how to have your faith services through streamlining. Yeah, even you know, a conference call or, conference, or anything. Uh, you know, yeah. get on a conference call for your congregation and have services and whatever, but at least for, definitely for at least for the next two to three weeks until yeah. we have a little bit better handle on this, uh, please protect your con- congregational members. Before we go any further... I don't know if anyone else picked up on it, but the tone of the doctor changed as she talked about that and talked mm-hmm. about how uh, pastors, if you are not listening to these experts and Please. you are putting in putting people in these confined spaces as the expert, the doctor, the leading medical expert in the 12th largest city in the country just said, you are putting your people at risk. Yeah, and I know my church, Northside New Era, shout out to them. Church was canceled today. Yeah. yeah and to, you know what? Yeah, rightfully. Know you, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know I do. you know I do. Yeah, so. we never yes. see each other at church. No, we but. don't. We go to different services. Yeah. But yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Rightfully so, because honestly, and I am grateful for the tone that you took because it is necessary that people take this serious. I have seen so much just laissez faire, you know, whatever, because people, you know, for whatever reason, but have decided know, so, that this so, is not so, important. I would say this in defense of the. In defense of the faith-based community, because I put out some new recommendations yesterday, mm-hmm. I can honestly say I didn't clarify it as well as I should have. Mm. And so I need to do a better, and honestly, I, and, I'm, and I apologize, I need to do a better job of saying that if you have a significant senior, a, a significant number of senior members in your congregation, I would not like to see any more than 50 attend mm-hmm. uh, an event. So that might force you to close your event where people are mingling among themselves. We've got five mm-hmm. minutes left. Oh, um, wow. So we, we I, I wanted to jump in and let everybody know as we get ready to wind down here uh, that uh, we're going to take, I think, one more caller, and then we got to wrap up because I got a few announcements that we need to share with our listeners uh, to be informed about this. Ladies, do we want to take one more call, and then we'll each go around and Let's wrap just up. go ahead yeah. and take that one. Yep. All right, caller, good morning. Line two, you're live on the air. What's your name? What's your question? 
My name is Justin Madison. How are you doing? I'm good, Justin. Thanks for calling in. What's your question? My question is, um, I'm not sure if it's been discussed on this show or not, but I've heard a few different conversations regarding, you know, everything surrounding Corona and the ride-sharing community specifically, you know, the Uber, the drive, uh, the DoorDash, the Lyft drivers, you know. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's, you know, our only source of income sometimes, or it's, you know, that side income that a lot of us, you know, rely on because it's, you know, quick, reliable, and, you know, it's easy to keep money in our pocket, you know, especially, you know, for the, you know, young fathers out there. But, um, you know, with everything you know, out there and how hectic it's gotten in certain cities and countries around the globe. I just, I guess, wanted to hear some opinions about what you guys think about, you know, Indianapolis, you know, specifically. And, you know, is it safe for, you know, us to, you know, still be on the road? And, you know, just because I haven't really personally tried to think too much about it, but it, it affects me, you know, on the daily. So that was just so, pretty much my question. All right, thanks for your question. Go ahead, Doc. So it's it's kind of difficult for me to answer that. So right now we are still a low-risk state. In our community in Marion County, the numbers are still low. So, But it's growing. But still, you're just a car ride away from someone getting in the back of your car. Mm-hmm. And if they're contagious, uh, and you're probably going to be in that car with them at least 30 minutes and and if they're coughing and sneezing in your car vehicle um that's going to still remain in your car so um um uh i don't know how to to tell you that i can't tell you that you are at zero risk because you're not because you're picking up different people that you don't know Mm -hmm. now one thing that may help you but they may not be honest with you you know, before you pick them up, well, see, with lifts and whatever, you got to be able to screen that person and ask mm. them, are you coughing? Uh, do you have a fever? And if they say no, then let them get in your vehicle. Now, they may be cough and tell them that if you are coughing, you get in my vehicle and you start coughing, I will have to put you out. Mm. Yeah. Don't, get in, don't get in my car because if you're coughing, I find you coughing in my cab and you don't have a, the right mask on. I'm going to put you out. So don't get in my, don't get in my car. That's the, that's the only best way I can tell you right now. All right. We got to be yeah. serious about this stuff. And you can hear the tone of the doctor ladies. We have less than two minutes. We're going to go ahead and wrap up with our final thoughts here. And I just want to pass along a note again about the grocery stores reducing their hours. But there's also been a call for help over on the west side. Wayne Township uh, is going to be using their school buses to deliver lunches to the kids who are going to be out of school uh, throughout the next week. And so they have asked if anyone has coolers that they can borrow if you could deliver them to the schools they will put the lunches in the coolers put the coolers on the bus so that they can deliver the lunches to the students so if anyone has a cooler they could spare reach out to wayne township they are looking for your assistance with that as also ips will have at least seven locations open giving students lunch tomorrow the other school districts around the uh county uh perry township to the north pike and everybody else in the middle also um will have their lunch programs up and running. Ladies, as we get ready to say farewell here, first, thank you to all the callers uh, who called in with these excellent questions over Absolutely. the past two hours. Or, Great or, questions. Have you guys been good? Well, and, and again, I'm going to apologize to the ministers. I'm going to get, I'm going to add something to my recommendations I sent out to you guys. 
Right. Well, well, you know, I felt, thank you for and thanking I learned, us. I learned something today, so thank yeah. you. We, yeah, we all learned so much, and yeah, I really felt like did. we, as journalists in this room, are doing the service that we're supposed to be doing and informing people with a literal expert without all the fanfare yeah. and the fear. And thank mm-hmm. you to Radio One's management, Karen Vaughn and Dion Livingston, for letting Speaking us Dion, to go this yeah, to do quick. this for us. Yeah. Go ahead. Dion wanted to remind everyone about the, uh, the app, the Community Compass app. Uh, that is for people who are food insecure. Uh, the city, it's a city-based app, and all you have to do is download it. It's called Community Compass, and it will give you information on where free meals are and uh, food, free food that is available, and um, the availability of food in general. So, uh, you know, and thank also, you, Tina, Dion, what's for the website reminder. for that? What is the website uh, for that as well? Uh, it's the Indie Hunger Network, indiehunger.org. Indie yes, hung- indiehunger.org. Free Excellent. food and food. Yeah. Yep. And I so I, I just. I think 30 we, seconds, Doc. We're incredibly lucky. We, we've got an outstanding mayor and staff. Uh, Paul Babcock is who I do public safety work with. And I'm just telling you, those superintendents are awesome. They are. In our, yes. in our school system. Yes. Just awesome. Wonderful job. Applause to them. Applause Absolutely. To them. And you know, one thing that I wanted to add in wrapping up, again, thanking all the callers and Dr. Kane and everybody um, that has helped to make this broadcast possible. There is a website, cdc.gov backslash COVID-19, that has information on it about precautions, um, because that was another question we got about where to go for information. You can also go to all of the Radio 1 websites where we are updating regularly. Cameron, I know RTV6 has an excellent resource um, full of articles and information um, to make sure that everybody is prepared and aware about what's going on. That's right. And RTV6 having full coverage tonight on the news at 6 where you'll see me and my colleagues continuing to keep you informed and also on our website here at WTLC and Hot 96.3 will be every second of this show all of your questions we'll have that up for you this morning as well as more resources business closings school closings everything you need to know is online again ladies thank you for joining us this morning Dr. Kane yes thank you so much hey listen you guys what a wonderful show I appreciate you and uh uh, you just own it now. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We're trying. Yes. We're trying. We're trying. Okay, we are. Much sure more tomorrow with Tina Cosby starting live at 1 on AM 1310 and 92.7. Ebony's going to be everywhere this week. Yes, yeah, is. I'll be I'll be everywhere, you know, working for the people. But thank you all so much for Thank tuning in so to much. Open Lines. Absolutely. And you'll see yeah. me tomorrow on RTV6. Coming up this morning on Hot 96.3, the Hot 96 crew is standing by B. Swift and Ash Mack. And then a programming note over on 106.7 WTLC. The Hour of Power with Al Sharpton is coming up after this. Thank you so much for staying tuned and engaged to this special edition of the Open Line show. I'm Cameron Modal for Ebony Chappelle, oh, okay. Tina Cosby, and Dr. Virginia Kane. Stay safe and have a great day. Peace.